a little skip in my step, a little glimmer in my eye, a little tingle and goosebump going up my spine. Didn't didn't rhyme, but I didn't intend it to. It is the Indiana Outdoor Show on this, the opening of Deer Season Firearms Variety 2022. Couldn't be more excited for so many folks today. Wishing you the best of luck, safety, creating great stories. You know, it's really just about the experience for me as I got as I've gotten a lot older. Love to put venison in the freezer, but on the other hand, helping those maybe some younger folks. We got second gen going to deer camp uh, this weekend. Already been down there. I will be joining them here very shortly, but. It's all about the camaraderie of the stories and the crackle of just anybody who's been in the woods, especially as cold as it is today and this weekend. It's just frosty hearing a deer, not the squirrels that'll drive you ape, you know what. But when you know that you've got a couple of deer and you're in a perfectly positioned spot for them and then you make that decision. Do I shoot? Do I, is it a shooter? Is it just something I'm going to watch? I find I have enjoyed watching deer in their natural habitat as much as anything and being discretionary. But whether or not that's your first deer, your last deer, your biggest deer, it's always a prize to put those uh, venison straps on the table. And I wish you all the best this opening weekend. Of course, we've got a lot of hunting to do. Today, we're going to visit with some correspondents. Jay Anglin, what is his opening weekend tradition? Brandon Butler, likewise, two that are regularly here on Indian Outdoors. Deb Treesh is going to join us in just a little bit. Hoosiers feeding the hungry, so if you want to donate some of that delicious venison, she's going to tell you how to do it free of charge and do some good because it stays in your local communities. All right, Jay Anglin is on hold. It's the Indiana Outdoor Show. I, your host. It's opening weekend of deer season. Don't go anywhere. Come back right after this. It is the Indiana Outdoor Show. What a beautiful weekend. Here we are. You should all know the date. It is the opening day of deer season 2022, at least the firearm variety. A lot of folks heading to Field and Forest this morning. Of course, we're brought to you by Indiana Donor Network, driven to save lives.org. When you buy that hunting and fishing license, sign up to be an organ and tissue donor. Today is one of my favorite days. It has been for all these 24 years we've been doing this. And I always like to reach out to the great outdoor writers, the friends of Indiana Outdoors over the years, and find out what they've been up to. None better than Jay Anglin, our correspondent from the North. Jay, how are you? Great. Huge weekend. Huge. <laughs> yeah, I'll say. <laughs> I mean, we've. this is when it all kind of comes together. We've been anticipating this for 364 years, or 364 days, and it's back again. A lot of traditions, a lot of folks heading maybe for the first time, hopefully some young folks going along, heading to hunting camps, all the great traditions. Of course, you're a guide through a lot of the seasons, fishing of still and good stuff. We've got waterfowl season upon us, but... What are you going to be doing this weekend and this deer season? You got plenty of people you're going to be guiding. I'm doing deer right now. Uh, ducks. I did ducks yesterday. I did ducks all week, uh, even in the summer-like weather with this huge, you know, storm in the plains. 
uh, just an unbelievable amount of birds are moving down the flyway. Um, uh, yeah, I got deer and then uh, uh, steelhead or, you know, I've been guiding steelhead, you know, all week. Um, it's, You're a busy uh, guy. I've seen the pictures. I follow you on your social stuff on Instagram. Let's before we jump into deer season per se, we got waterfowl, so many traditions. Of course, you're up north. What's tell me, let's talk more about this storm and kind of what you've seen because this is mother nature at her best. So, I was out at Habitat Flats in, in uh north central Missouri uh on a on a junket uh actually that was sponsored by Polaris. It was really cool and uh had a good time and despite just absolutely ridiculous summer weather i mean i wore crocs and a pair of fishing pants in a in a, in a duck blind and, and and shot a limit of ducks that's so good uh i've never done that before uh anyway uh but uh no this huge front this huge storm uh rolled you know rolling in basically it's been pummeling you know the uh upper plains and all these birds that have been just enjoying life up there, you know, kind of kicking back in the lounge chair and, and, and having a Mai Tai on the, at the pool, uh, <laughs> those days are over, man. They're on their way south. So, uh, you know, and, and that's really what we've, <clears throat> excuse me, we've had a fair number of ducks around. It's just half the time they don't do anything. So, you know, in this weather that's come in, it's obviously cooled down dramatically. Uh, you got a lot of birds that are migrating really hard. They're very thir- they're very hungry and thirsty. And so, yeah, life is good, man. And then you got this deer thing going on. And I mean, this deer thing got revved up about two weeks ago, like to the point where I'm kind of scratching my head. What are you bucks doing? You're supposed to wait another 10 days. Right. So, uh, and I haven't had a chance to go. So I'm pretty revved up. I've got all kinds of, I've got like four different types of, uh, you know, weapons I could use. And I think I've chosen a high powered rifle for this particular hunt. So, well, good for you. You know, I love talking to people this time of the year because there's so many unique traditions. You of course have clients and you take people with you, but on your own accord, do you have any traditions that you want to reflect upon things that you're superstitious about things that you just certain uh, piece of clothing, certain knife, certain way you do things in the morning. What do you got going on? I wish I had something like that. I really do. Um, I guess I'm sort of a culturalist deer hunter <laughs> because I'm always so utterly distracted by steelhead, rough grouse, pheasants. Uh, That's a good know, thing to be uh, distracted from. Muskies and, of course, greenhead mallards coming down out of the ether into my decoys. But, uh, you know, when I lived in the Upper Peninsula, uh, I guess this is relatable. I lived in the Upper Peninsula and uh, for six years, went to school up there, of course. And it's it, you know up there, it's 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 frankly religion, and and it is everywhere. But up there, it's 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 incredible, you know, because like professors would say, no homework this week, no tests. You guys have a good time. We're not going coming to class on Wednesday. You know? I love like, that. So yeah, and that happens in PA and Michigan and New York, and I'm sure there's other places, Wisconsin, Minnesota. But uh, so anyway, I, I jump in my Jeep. And I head out to this public ground, which is, you know, there's public ground in Marquette County is the size of Rhode Island and, the, you know, 80% of it's public. So it's, it's, it's big country. And uh, I'm driving out of Marquette in my Jeep and it was a little warm. So I had the windows kind of cracked, get some air in there. So I didn't sweat, you know, cause I didn't want to stink for the deer and, and I'm going along and, and Nugent comes on, right? The radio station plays Nugent like okay. 25 minutes, 30 minutes before legal. And I open the window and I listen and every truck in front of me and behind me had the Nuge cranked. That you know, is Fred good. Bear, Fred Bear is cranked and we're all just, we got it turned up as loud as you can get and it's just echoing through the woods. That's one of my favorite. So that's the only tradition I have. I listen to Fred Bear every year. 
I love it. When, you know, usually during archery, but uh, yeah, this year it's definitely going to be on the on my stereo here shortly. We're li- we're visiting with our good friend Jay Anglin, Anglin Outdoors, great guide. Whether you went fishing or turkey in the spring or fishing throughout the summer and fall, now we're knee deep into waterfowl. You know, it's interesting because I've had different groups that hunting parties people that we've established some traditions and as time goes on you know groups tend to go in different directions but for the same more or less last 30 years you know what shocking i know you're going to find this very shocking but food food at hunting camp (laughs) is a big tradition you know oatmeal cream pies oatmeal cream pies it's not a hunting camp unless somebody brings the oatmeal cream pies and I don't eat them any other time of the year, but they're so good during hunting season. And if we don't have yeah. them, it's like we're going to go back and get them. Somebody forgot them. we got to go right. back and get them. And you get all that stuff in your teeth, and for like four hours, you can just you know remember <laughs> the thing. It's like, you know, it's an everlasting memory. <laughs> you know, maybe it's just the time of the year. Maybe it's the reels I see. But I spend an inordinate, unhealthy amount of time scrolling through reels because they make me laugh. And I saw this video this week that literally made me laugh out loud. And I watched it four or five times. It was this hunter going into his field bag, and he's looking for something, and he he. F- fishing around at the bottom of his bag and sure enough he pulls out an oatmeal cream pie from last season and i thought he was just going to cry because he just got so emotional about it and i'm like i don't know is i thought it was just us but he pulls it out it's a year old it's a year old and he takes a big bite out of it the stand he goes well it's a little tough but it's good and he goes <laughs> i just laughed out loud because Literally, we have shown up at hunting camp, and the Nimrod that didn't bring the oatmeal cream pies was sent back to town to get them. Well, I love them, too. You know, and food, you're right. So the first time I attended an actual deer camp, it was the uh, Patterson family up in uh, Berga County. And I think 16 deer came in that day. We butchered every one of them. I was the guy that was, you know, because I'm I'm the Hoosier, I was having the sharp knives and uh, also... uh, cut meat off of ribs and bones and things and for you know for grinding and that was a lot of fun for about four hours and a 12 pack of beer later but nonetheless that is a uh, great tradition you know i've never done that and (laughs) i want to do it i want to do it i want to take it from hoof to table all by myself i just don't have the equipment the whole time they had a pot going and a grill going right there and you just take a cut off and you'd look at it and throw it on the grill and sprinkle some stuff on it but they that's where i learned about uh, ribs and we'd cut the ribs off of the saw and they had this huge pot and you boil them and then you throw them on the grill and barbecue them and i mean you're sitting there eating ribs and i mean it's pretty primal stuff here i mean we, we didn't go full caveman and we were we were we were wearing clothes but uh <laughs> it was uh it was pretty epic man and that's the way they do it you know it's a it's a whole deal and if you don't fall in line and do it right you're not coming back to camp that's the end of it well here's so the I did it every year you know what you you are a very smart man i've tried to tell this to my kids and other young folks if you get invited to a hunting camp even if Okay, so I've got adult kids. You've got older kids that like to go with you. If you get invited to a hunting camp, and especially if you get to go with one of your parents, and you know it's kind of that right where you get invited to the uh, long-standing camp, and you're the newbie. And I've told this to my kids. I said, if you don't come out and distinguish yourself, if you're not the guy sweeping the cabin, if you're not the person taking out the trash, if you're not the person that picks up stuff around, you're not coming back. And I think... I'm hoping I've instilled that enough, but I learned this very early that if I am the camp cook, you are invited back. It's it's like when you get to masters, you know, if you win one of the things you get invited back to the masters as an automatic exemption. If you're the camp 
uh, person, you know what I was going to say, inside the kitchen, you're invited back, especially if you got the menu and you put some time into it. People are like, whoa, you don't have to eat hot dogs. You can have good food at hunting camps. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, and that's, and that's, I would say a lot of people, they go there so they can play cards, drink decent whiskey. Yep. And eat good food. And, and tell a whole bunch of stories. Really, yeah, the deer thing is, for, especially when you're over 50, I think the deer thing becomes sort of secondary or tertiary to all the other stuff. And, uh, you know, I've met many guys who are like, oh, camp was great this year. Did you get one? No, I didn't even bother going out. You know, <laughs> you, know you are so right because... As I said, you know, you've got some new generation of kids that have spotty joining when they can. And to me, it's all, I don't need to be that first guy in the woods three hours before daylight and be that last guy in two hours after dark. I'd rather be right. the last person out who has breakfast ready so that when people come back after that first morning hunt, you are ready to rock and roll and you're a superstar. Then I'm ready for a nap and maybe I'll go out for the evening hunt. <laughs> exactly. Which is, you know, there's less than a 50% chance that actually happens. More than <laughs> so the nap kicks in. <laughs> we, the, other, the other tradition, at, 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 this is silly stuff. We call them camp potatoes. They're nothing more than just fried potatoes. But if it's not on the menu on that Saturday night, because we always have a big dinner on Saturday night. Somebody gets a big bunch of big steaks and it's a, it's a carnal feast and if you don't have the camp potatoes and i was in charge of that this year so i've paid extra attention to make sure that the camp potatoes are above board let's talk about duck hunting for a second you talk about this big surge from the storm and it sounds like you've seen them what are you going to predict here for the rest of the season at least up north well, there's going to be a lot of ice issues, and we don't have a lot of water. So water is going to be at a premium, and that's really the key factor really across the country, frankly. And so if we don't have water that's moving or deep and big with wind causing it to stay open, we're going to lose birds. And so we're going to get our really late season, you know, hardy birds that a lot of people like me really enjoy. But, you you know, it's, it's sort of specialized. You're dealing with ice. You're dealing with super cold water. Um, so I, I, you know, you can always field hunt them because they're going to be on lakes in the middle of the lake and they'll go out and field, but you know, to feed in the morning and evening, but I'm not sure what to think because with the way this weather is, this thing could flip around and we'd be, you know, 60 degrees in two weeks and then it's back to, you know, who knows? I, it's really hard to judge, but I do know this, we've been waiting and we got them. So that's good. Well, we've got a perfect opportunity. I mean, this is the first time it's been highs in the 30s, so it couldn't have come at a better weekend for that temperature to drop. And, of course, different of different environments from north to south. I primarily am going to be south a little later on today for the weekend, way down south. You're way up north, so we're going to be on opposite ends of the spectrum. Let's talk about fishing real quick. What do you predict, uh, predict here? What, how long is the season going to keep going? How is the fishing going? Tell me when it's going to shut off. Our fishing's just been phenomenal. And, uh, you know, it's right on time, deer season. You know, when rifle season opens, usually um, the steelhead fishing's phenomenal. The leaf, the leaf issue is always huge in Indiana and southern Michigan. And so the leaves are gone thanks to we've had, you know, basically mini hurricanes for the last two or three weeks and blowing all the leaves off. But uh, that's always a huge thing because you're fishing and you catch a leaf on every cast, every drift. So it's it's all systems are go. Uh, we'll start getting some ice on some small lakes and stuff, but the musky guys will still be out hammering away and i'm sure there'll be some guys that refuse to put the bass boat away and jigging for you know uh, large mouth and smallies and stuff so i would say fishing's going to remain pretty good until we go totally arctic you know and then that gets to be a whole nother subject so you talk about uh um 
the the many uh, hurricanes that we've had, that serves an ulterior purpose too. Because when the wind's just right, and the leaves that were in my yard have a perfect runway into other people's yards, I take that to my advantage. Kind of tend to use the leaf blower like I'm trying to corral them, but really I'm just shooing them into my neighbor's lawn. So I didn't say right. that out loud, but it, it it does have ulterior benefits. Oh, I'm, I'm absolutely. I, this year, I kind of think I kind of won that, or I won initially, and then I lost gruesomely to my neighbor's oak tree. And I saw him standing over there, just kind of grinning at me as he was drinking a beer. And I just, you know, I mean, next year it's my turn, maybe we'll see. But hey, now real, it's a little competition, right? Real quick, your son playing football still? They make it into the sectionals? No, he was taken out uh, for third or fourth week. Uh, kid uh, decided that. Uh, Throwing, you know, having an 88 opening, 88 yard opening drive and passing with a 25 yard uh, end zone pass. Uh, uh, one of the kids decided he didn't want to watch that anymore and uh, kind of did a, a professional wrestling move on him and broke his collarbone. So oh no! Yeah. So well, Jake. He's done. He's done, and he's in basketball mode now. He's he's doing great. He's already been released to play a little basketball, so he's on the mend. Jay, I don't want to take any more of your opening weekend experience. Thanks so much for being with us, sharing some of your thoughts. We look forward to catching up with you again before the end of the year. Jay Anglin, Anglin Outdoors. Check him out. Thanks for being with us. Good luck, my friend. Uh, it's great being here as always, and everybody get out there and enjoy the outdoors and be safe. Indeed, indeed. Thanks so much, and best of luck. It is the Indiana Outdoor Show, brought to you by Indiana Donor Network, driven to save lives.org. Don't go anywhere. More from Brandon Butler right after this. It is the Indiana Outdoor Show. Very excited this weekend. I, as your host, Brian Pointer, it's the Super Bowl of weekends for me and for many others. Probably a quarter of a million, half million people going to be in the woods this weekend. Who knows? It's a lot of people. And many for the first time since last year. So this is going to be a great opportunity for a lot of great memories to be created. Hopefully you're bringing somebody else along. Maybe you're hunting public, you're hunting private, it doesn't matter. You're out in the woods and enjoy all of God's glory. As mentioned, we're kind of doing a, a walk around with some of our great contributors throughout the year. Brandon Butler is one of them. Brandon, you as a great outdoor writer and somebody who I know is the great outdoors from fishing and hunting and all the seasons in between, you have some great traditions, some of which have been interrupted uh, in the last couple of years because of your cabin situation. But what are some of your great traditions that you have for opening weekend and deer season with your buds? Well, man, they've changed a lot over the years, but I'll tell you, nothing will ever compare to, you know, being a teenager and, and heading down to Winnemac, Indiana, uh, hunting real close to the Tippecanoe River. We had a, a farm that had an old milk house on it that we'd converted to a uh, little lounge, if you will, and we'd go out in the morning, come back in, have some biscuits and gravy, take a nap. The wood stove was going. I mean, it's just the greatest memories ever. No doubt about it that opening day of deer season now my favorite day of the year. You know, Brandon Butler, one of our greats, Driftwood Outdoors, his podcast. You know, it's funny you should talk about that because my traditions have changed over the years, too. Uh, We all have friends. We all have different traditions at different places. But the one that has meant so much to me over the years, some 30 plus years, is we go to a primitive cabin. 
no electricity, no water. So, you know, we're humping in our own stuff. We're doing our own dishes and we have the wood stove and it's just a primitive place to gather, have some great food, great camaraderie, tell a whole bunch of lies, come in, get warm. And we were visiting with uh, Jay Anglin, who I know is a buddy of yours as well. And we were talking about food. Food is a priority at any hunting camp. And I was telling him this story. This is just dumb, but it's our group. If we don't have oatmeal cream pies, if somebody forgets the oatmeal cream pies, they're going back to town to get them. That's <laughs> yeah. that's our silly thing. That's awesome. I was telling him I saw this reel on Instagram of this poor guy who was in, up in his tree stand and he was videoing. He uh, reached into the bottom of his uh, field pack and and he found an oatmeal cream pie from last year and I thought he was going to cry because he didn't realize he had it in there and he ate it on camera, which just made me laugh. And well, it's something you know, I would do. It kind of makes me sad. Like I, I went to an auction last month and guy passed away and you know all of his stuff was being pilfered out and i bought his turkey vest and uh, there were shells in there but they were all like all of his half-eaten snacks oh that's I, funny it, it kind of like brought a tear to my eye a little bit like there's a guy you know he hung up his turkey vest never dreaming it was the last time and i guess none of us know none of us know if this will be our last opening day and i hope everybody makes the most of it for that reason no, I couldn't be more in tune with you. And, you know, there's so many other things, you know, people have their own, whether it's cold beer or a nice glass of whiskey. We always have a big, humongous carnal feast on Saturday night. And I was assigned the camp potatoes. And that's like a rite of passage. If you're the camp cook, you get invited back every year. I try to tell this to my boys. And yeah. you got to be meaningful in some way. So I got... We got big uh, big fillets going on a little later tonight. We got a big camp dinner tonight, and of course biscuits and gravy. I was requ- this year. I was requested to have chorizo in my sausage in sausage gravy. So we'll see how that goes. <laughs> I bet that's good. You know, I guess man, you're really making me uh, think. I, I'm I'm in a transition. I just bought 40 acres in uh, north central Missouri, and it's a great 40 acres. I've killed two big bucks off of it in two years. My girlfriend killed a big buck off of it. But it's just the two of us hunting out there because it's just not big enough to accommodate my friends. You know, the girlfriend's going to beat the friends. And not only does she beat the friends, she's in my tree stand. Like, she tells me, like, there's one spot on the property that's clearly the best. And she's like, yeah, that's that's my stand. And, you know, how do you argue that? So I've, I've... I've been resound to uh, the fringes of my own property, and my buddies aren't around. So we were talking about that the other day. We got to fix this, even if even if we got to go in on a big lease somewhere. Because um, it, it, at this age, man, it's more about the camp than it is about the kill. I couldn't. You know what? That is. I like that. I'm going to steal it. It's more about the camp than it is the kill. It's all about getting things set up. The chatter over text and emails and planning and the stories that we've told a million times get retold and they're funnier every time that they're told but i would much rather hear that somebody texts and says you know you hear the shot and then brown is down so you got work to do when you come back and the celebration that takes place and if you can put up a meat pole full that is nothing more joyous especially if it's somebody's first time or their biggest year there's a great story behind it and every time you put a deer on the ground i say there's a great story Man, you know what I miss more than anything is the check stations at, at the end I of the do, night. too. That was so much fun to just go hang out there and see all the bucks rolling through and up on the up on the scale. And ours was always Fetlas, 
in Valparaiso, Indiana, and you know, you you hang out in the parking lot, and there was a scale that you could you drive through it. They'd hoist everybody's gear up, and, and it didn't matter if you had a, a you know Boone and Crockett buck or a doe. Everybody was you know happy, happy absolutely you in the back, telling you great job, sharing chili, sharing stories. I keep saying it, man, on our podcast, on your radio show, like. If there was one person, you know, worth their salt in marketing, they'd bring that back at their store and just have it an unofficial check station party. You know, it's funny because I, when this whole telecheck thing, I wasn't an early adopter of that. Now I'm a huge fan and a very much a supporter. And there's a lot of good reasons for it. I get it. I overcame the idea of going to the check station pretty quickly after the convenience and everything else, but I still can miss it because there is no better socialization anywhere on the planet than at a check station, especially a popular check station in your area. And the DNR will tell you, you can still do that. There's still some places that do that. But I'm with you, my friend. So what are you going to be doing this weekend? What are you going to be doing the next few weeks? Where are you going to be hunting? What are you going to be doing? Well, I'll be hunting in in north central Missouri. I'm pretty excited about uh, my podcast partner, Nathan Shags McLeod. His uncle is a hell of a hunter from out in Oregon. And he had me out last year and got me a blacktail buck on the Pacific uh, coast by Astoria. But he's never killed a whitetail. So he flies in on Monday. I, I gave myself Saturday and Sunday. And he's coming in on Monday. And um, my goal is to get him a deer. So, like, that's where I'm at as a hunter now. It's like this guy, he's 65 years old or so, an incredible, incredible guy, incredible hunter, uh, elk, blacktail deer, mule deer, but never killed a whitetail. So I'm, I'm super thrilled to be able to guide him, uh, hunt with him. And, and Absolutely. You know, he's got me a blacktail. I'm going to get him a whitetail. Wish you all the best, my friend. Thanks for spending a few minutes on this busy opening weekend. I wish you well wherever you're going to be. Let's find a chance to share a field and forest. Best of luck to you and all your hunting partners. Get get shags that deer. See you, my friend. Thanks so much for being with us. All right. Thank you, Brian. Bye. My pleasure. It is the Indiana Outdoor Show. I, your host, Brian Pointer. Brought to you by Indiana Donor Network, driven to savelives.org. Where can you take that deer and have it processed? We're going to visit with Deb Treesh right after this. Indiana Outdoors. I am your host, Brian Pointer, brought to you by Indiana Donor Network, driven to save lives.org. So great to be with you. It's one of my favorite times of the year. Truck is running, anxious to get to camp, anxious to hear stories, anxious to make my own stories, of course. But it is the highlight of a year for so many people and so many great traditions, people, families, friends, all gathering many since the first time since last year. We visited with two of our correspondents, Jay Anglin, way up north. He's going to be guiding this weekend. Waterfowl, we got an update with the storm that came through, brought a bunch of birds down. Brandon Butler, great outdoor writer, other great traditions that we have. Deb Treese joins us now. She is the executive director of Hoosiers, Hoosiers Feeding the Hungry. Deb, it's great to visit with you. Happy opening weekend. Hey, how are you? I'm doing very well. Now, <clears throat> if there's somebody who possibly hasn't listen to this show over the years or know about Hoosiers feeding the hungry. 
What do you want people to hear today, many of whom may be in their trucks and cars and loaded up and ready to go and uh, putting some venison on the on the ground, hopefully, and in their freezer? But there's another alternative that is very, very important to the local municipalities. Tell, tell everybody about Hoosiers Feeding the Hungry. Number one, I want to say good luck, everybody. It should be a good, good weekend for this. Um, and the big thing is one deer. One deer can provide 200 meals for people that are struggling right now. And with COVID, it really set a lot of families back. Really want to encourage everybody this year, if they can, to at least donate a few of their pounds off of their deer when they take it to the butcher shop. Just say you want to donate, and we they'll give that to Hunger Relief Agency. And if you can, donate a whole deer. Go out and get an extra one. I'll pay the processing fees on it for you, and then all that meat will get donated to your community. Well, as you pointed out, I couldn't imagine a more perfect storm. We're going to have a great season. A lot of folks anxious to get into the deer woods, but I've never, in, in, in recent memory, don't know of a time where protein has been so expensive at the grocery store. Putting wow. a deer in your freezer is is a valuable commodity, certainly, but people need this meat, and I don't think I can recall a time where people have been more in need. Right. Right. I agree 100%. So... It's early, you know. We've had archery season so far. How how have you how have donations been kind of tracking year over year? Uh, kind of slow right now, but like you said, with the prices of meat going up so high, I I believe strongly that everyone's keeping their first one for themselves. Right, and then hopefully hopefully they'll go out with the weather being so nice, and it's a great thing. You guys love to hunt. Just go out there, sit, enjoy nature, and grab one more. Exactly. And and here's what I've heard you say, and I think it bears repeating. It, okay, so many people don't have their deer yet, but there may be folks in camp who have, and they say, man, I want to keep hunting, but I don't, don't have any room in my freezer. And as you say, if you take it to one of the approved processors through Hoosiers Feeding the Hungry, and there's nearly 90 or more across the state of Indiana, you take a properly field-dressed deer in, you don't have to do anything and that that meat stays in local communities. But the thing that I want to emphasize is, is let's just say that you have a nice deer and you want to do something nice. You can donate a pound, a five to oh, three, a portion. Absolutely. Just a absolutely. portion. Yes. So tell me the process. So the, the processors get these deer. It's a busy weekend for everyone in the in the processing business. So what will they do and where will this meat go? Okay. You, all you have to do is go to our website at HoosiersFeedingTheHungry.org. Find the local meat processor that is inspected. I would, during opening weekend, I definitely would call your meat processor first because it's going to be super busy and you never know if they're going to be full or not. Call them first. Let them know you have a donated deer. You take it there. You say, I want to donate the whole deer. What they'll do is they will go ahead and process it in the one and two pound packages and give it to the hunger relief agencies. And then they will send me the bill. Now, like you were saying earlier, they don't have to give up their whole deer. If When you go back to pick up your deer after it's processed, donate one or two pounds. It will make a huge difference. You figure if we have a thousand deer come through and everyone donated just one pound. That's a thousand pounds. And I have always been struck by 
you know, as the older I've gotten and deer get processed, I, I grind it up and I use it for everything because that's how mostly I eat, except for the back straps, of course. Those go on Saturday night if you're lucky. But when you get the meat back, staying in your local communities is a huge thing. And I've always been struck by that one deer with ground venison can create 200 meals. That's a, a massive impact in local communities. Yes, it is. So for those that may not be familiar, this started kind of as a vocation for you, a little hobby, if you will, or a calling. And give us the history of this. It started back in around 2011. And it was just basically, we gave, my husband and I actually gave a, a few deer to the food bank just because we didn't need it. We, our kids had all moved out. And the food bank told us what a need there was, what a dire need there was for meat. So that's how the program began. We just started telling farmers and hunters, hey, donate your deer. We'll take care of the processing fees and the meat will go to the hunger relief community, hunger relief agencies, excuse me. Well, you have done a great job with what the staff that you have now. It's kind of like the size of Google, right? (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) (laughs) We have a total of four people that work on staff. Um, And last year we raised um, enough meat and money to raise um, 292,000 pounds of meat was donated throughout Indiana. Well, I sure would like to see that number significantly increased. And that's why we are on in this opening weekend, opening morning of Indiana Outdoors and the 2022 deer season. We'll probably have you back again because it's like the thing. You got to hear it three times before you say, hey, the pointer was talking about this on Indiana Outdoors. And this Deb Treesh is always on there from Hoosiers Feeding the Hungry. Go to that website. Just Google it. And that'll get you the list of processors. How many are you up to now? We're at 87. Well, my swag was pretty close then. Deb, it's always great to visit with you. Best of luck. Thanks for all you do. Hoosiers Feeding the Hungry. Just Google it and uh, reach out to Deb if you have any questions. Put Put everything you need to know in your phone, and that way you're ready when you put that deer on the ground. Thanks so much for being with us this opening weekend. Talk to you soon, Deb. Thank you so much, Brian. I appreciate you. Um, And you the same. Great organization. Great gal, Deb Treesh. It is the Indiana Outdoor Show. Having too much fun. When we come back, we're brought to you by Indiana Donor Network, driven to save lives.org. We're going to wrap it up. Some final thoughts, let you get into field and forest. We're going to be back right after this. So much fun. So much fun this weekend, the opening weekend of deer season in Indiana 2022. And just hearing from Jay Anglin and Brandon Butler gets me all excited. Of course, we digress because I ask always about opening traditions. And uh, we got to get Brandon Butler to get some new traditions. He had the greatest place. Of course, he had received nationwide notoriety because poachers burned down his cabin, one of the great places over in Missouri that hosted a lot of great folks. But those traditions are going to come back for sure. And of course, when we talk about food, it's the oatmeal cream pie. I, I know you're laughing right now because you've got something in that field pack or in your hunting cabin or in your routine this weekend that's as silly as an oatmeal cream pie. I don't know what it is. They're delicious. Yes, they're delicious 365 days a year. Why do they become part of the food pyramid on opening weekend? You know, we just, 
inquiring minds need to know. I'm sure there's other things that I'm forgetting, but uh, big feast tonight. Hopefully, the boys have put some meat on the ground already, and we're going to be doing some uh, hanging here a little later. It's cold enough, which is great, and we got a huge weekend. Perfect weather. My gosh, Mother Nature, thank you. Highs in the 30s for the first time this season. Couldn't have corresponded better, and uh, I'll be... uh, ready to stay warm in the great outdoors for this evening hunt a little later on of course tomorrow it is my thrill and privilege to bring you the indiana outdoor show each and every week a little more special here on an opening weekend i credit my father with the great love of indiana outdoors we didn't get to share a lot together we did hunt together uh, as best we could, as best he could. But I thank him each and every year at this time for the passion, for the great friendships that I have maintained through hunting that you're nurturing this weekend. It's all about the experience, and it's more about the camp and not the kill, that's for sure. Folks, especially this weekend and anytime you're in the woods, remember 1-800-TIP-IDNR. Put it in your phone. If you see something, say something and let the folks with the experience do the rest of the work i'll see you in the great indian outdoors fill your freezers this weekend or any time this year we'll be back next weekend everybody be safe